Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. There's Jerry. Let's get it started. <laughs> wow. Is that the best you got? <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. I thought okay. it was pretty good. Was it not? It was great. So this uh, coincides with our vinyl records uh, full-length episode, and we just want to be clear. Record scratching could be a full-length episode easily. Turns out. Um, we're going to concentrate mainly on sort of the early history because we've also learned that trying to describe <laughs> musical things and audio things is a little awkward. A little. I think it might be the most difficult thing we've ever <laughs> tried to describe for real. You know, it kind of sounds like this. Um, so we're <laughs> it's going to be light on that. But let's talk about record scratching, which although in the, apparently in the 1940s and 50s, people were creating music from turntables and composing and sampling. But if you really want to talk about uh, turntablism, a term coined in the 90s, you really got to start in the 1970s in New York City. Yeah, there was a a guy uh, in 1975. His name was Theodore Livingston. He was a teenager in the Bronx. And he went by uh, DJ Grand Wizard Theodore, um, an unfortunate name. But in That's great. In, 1970, <laughs> in 1975, uh, Theodore was um, playing records apparently too loud on his home stereo, and his mom came in and said, you better turn that down. I guess his mom bust in and said, what's that noise, right? And when he went to go turn the volume down, I guess rather quickly, accidentally scratched the record, and instead of being like, man, I screwed up my record, Theodore had the presence of mind to be like, that sounded pretty cool. Let me see if I can do that again. Yeah, I can, like, totally see the movie version. Apparently she was downstairs yelling at him, and he went to stop it so she could hear what she was saying. Right. And then he goes over, and it goes, and all of a sudden, like, the lights in the room get brighter. Right. And he's discovered a new musical genre. Close in on Brian May looking totally (laughs) astounded and amazed in awe. Oh, goodness. I still like that movie. Um (laughs) It was very corny, though. You're correct. So he technically invented the scratch and started doing it at parties and house parties and clubs and stuff. Uh, But if you were to ask a hip-hop enthusiast sort of who the the forefathers of turntablism are, Mm -hmm. they would point to three people for sure, maybe more. uh, Cool Herc, Grandmaster Flash, and Africa Bombada, uh, all of which we talked about in our hip-hop episode. Yeah, so from what I can discern, Chuck, there's basically two categories of turntablism. One is scratching that was invented by uh, Grand Wizard Theodore, and then the other is called cutting. And that was, um, most people say, invented by DJ Cool Herc, again, I think in the 70s, the very, very late 70s. And scratching is exactly what you think it is. It's moving the record back and forth, back and forth, against the needle, making it scratch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, 
cutting is where you have two you have to have two records and you're using the crossfader that turns one on and the other off or turns that one on and the other off but depending on which way you slide it that is cutting and everything else is either a subcategory or a combination of those two and when you put it all together that's where you get turntablism which is this incredibly sophisticated incredibly talented combination of scratching and cutting now, doesn't cutting mean the same record, though? No, cutting is you're cutting back and forth between two records. But not the same two oh, records. Oh, sorry. So two, two identical records, like two of the same record, one on each turntable, you mean? Yes. Not necessarily. Cutting is the larger um, category of that. I think that is breakbeat, um, usually when it's two, two different ones. Yeah, breakbeat, which seems to have evolved into the uh, juggling, beat juggling, Seems like just a sort of more complex version of breakbeat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and breakbeat is a type of cutting, from what I understand. All right, so Cool Herc apparently came up with a breakbeat uh, breakbeat technique. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I would be a terrible hip hop artist because I can't <laughs> even say breakbeat technique. <laughs> How's your breakbeat technique? Uh, but that's when you have the two copies of the same record put on two different decks, and basically you mix between them to extend. Um, uh, whatever indefinitely, like the climax usually or the break, you can just extend that forever because you're going back and forth. And like, I know how all this stuff works, but I watched a lot of videos on YouTube. Uh, there's one called Scratch School mm-hmm. where uh, Scratch amazing. Scratch Bastard yeah. uh, kind of shows you how to do this stuff. And when you, if you don't know a lot about it, but you've long admired the sound of it and you look at it, um, it's really kind of cool to see how it works. It's really a lot, way more complicated than I thought. Um, I didn't know that they actually physically marked the record yeah. in like a clock position to know where the beats were. Yeah. Um, I always wondered how they got the needle back to the point in the song when, when they needed that beat, and they just move it. <laughs> right. So they're, they're scratching the records, they're moving the fader, they're literally moving the needle to get it in the right position back mm-hmm. and forth. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more going on than I thought. I knew it wasn't easy, but I was just kind of blown away. Yeah, because here's the thing. If you uh, play a part of a record that's, say, like a drum roll, and you want to play that again, if you spin the record backward, which I believe is walking it, right, um, or pausing it, I can't remember which one it is. Backward would be moonwalking, right? (laughs) Okay, so if you moonwalk the record, um, it's going to make its own sound. But if all you want is that beat over and over again, what you're doing is, through creating breakbeats, is just going from that drum roll on the one record, and when that's done, you move the crossfader to turn the other record on so that the drum roll starts then, and then while you're playing that, you pull the other record that you just played back to the spot again, and by doing that, you can keep that drum roll going, just moving back and forth seamlessly ad infinitum, basically. You, you could just keep it going forever. Keep it going forever. So uh, that's what we would do if we didn't have to take an ad break, but we're going to do that. We'll be back to finish up right after this. Oh. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I just want a second, Chuck, before we start again. I'm with you. That Scratch School with Scratch Bastard was so easy to watch. That guy's like uh-huh. a total natural at yeah. explaining things. And he's also astoundingly talented, too. Yeah, and talented and would like... He was having fun and he was messing up and mm-hmm. his whole point in all the videos I watched was like, this is what it's about. Like I screwed up there. I lost the beat. You got to play around with it. You got to get funky and just sort of like roll with mistakes and trying mistakes into happy accidents. Mm-hmm. And I, for a change, sort of looked through some of the YouTube comments and it was really supportive and cool. Like people are like, man, I'm, I'm trying to learn and you are, you make this so much more accessible and seeing someone kind of screw up and then get it back is like and not edit that part out is like really valuable. So yeah, without uh, being like, damn it. Yeah. Start again. Wait, or or else being like, wait, wait, hold on. I got it. Hold on. Wait, wait a second. Yeah. It was pretty fun. And I also want to recommend, uh, there were some more fun videos from DJ Babu, B-A-B-U, um, that were pretty awesome as well at explaining things. Um, maybe let's talk about a couple of more quick little moves and then we'll go back and finish up with some history. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, dude. So I would highly recommend you go and watch these videos if you're interested in knowing what something like a transformer scratch is. It's so perfectly named, though. I know. It's named because it sounds sort of like a transformer, transforming. Mm-hmm. Um, Cash Money, Jazzy Jeff, uh, lots of DJs sort of helped pioneer this technique. And once you see it and hear it, you're like, oh, 
I just, you know, if you don't know much about it, you're like, I didn't know it was called the Transformer Scratch, but I've heard it a million times. Yeah. And and by the way, yes, that Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff, as in he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, DJ Jazzy Jeff, who apparently yes. invented that. <laughs> um, and then there's another one that's called the, scra- the Crab that Scratch Bastard does. And the reason it's called that is because you're flicking the crossfader back and forth using your thumb and then one finger, thumb, and the next finger, thumb, your other finger, and then sometimes your thumb and your fourth finger. And as you do it really fast, um, one finger after another, it kind of, you know, is reminiscent of a crab's legs walking. Yeah, it's, again, it's really cool. It's like you use your thumb as to kind of put pressure against the fader. And basically what you're doing is you're turning the fader on and off really quickly. Mm -hmm. But you know that thing, if you're you're bored, you do, uh, like, I'm going to do it with my fingers on, like, a piece of wood, but that... Yes. Well, did that put. come through at all? Yes, it that, did. That's what you're doing with the fader. So whenever you hear a, a scratch go like, that's what they're doing. And it's just, it's a technique called the crab. It's so cool. The thing is, though, is when you watch DJs doing these things and explaining it, it becomes so much more, I guess, admirable because yeah. the, the, the different coordination of your hands doing two different things at different times, perfectly synced up is so hard for someone like me that just to see somebody who can just do it like it's nothing is really, yeah. it's really, I, I, my hat is off to those people. Yeah, it's super impressive. Um, jumping back to history, uh, things are happening in the Bronx, obviously, in the late 70s. Uh, again, if you listen to our hip-hop episode, we talk all about it. And then the big, big breakout as far as the mainstream America music-loving public goes was in 1984 when Herbie Hancock's Rocket came out. Uh, landmark video, landmark performance at the 26th Grammy Awards, which really pushes it into the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, because that was the first Scratch solo, uh, and it was amazing. It was uh, performed by another Bronx DJ, uh, and it said in this one article, Grandmaster, but it was Grand Mixer. Mm-hmm. DST, who then changed it to DXT. Yeah. And I think, uh, so this was like the first song that ever had scratching as like, not only like a rhythm, but there's like scratching solos in the middle of the song. And like at this point, like people just, especially just the general people, and I'm sure every single person at the Grammys did not think of turntables as anything particularly interesting. Like at that, up to that point, A DJ was what a lot of DJs are still today. You've got one record playing and you let it play most of the way and then you mix in another record and then you take the first record off and put another one and mix that Mm -hmm. in, which is, it's really hard to do. You have to have a really good ear. That's not scratching. That's not cutting. That's not turntables. And that's DJing. And that's what people thought of turntables as that was it. That's what they were for. But with Rocket, it was like, nope, this is a completely different era now, starting in 1984. Yeah, and I I remember, man, I remember being 12 and 13 years old and seeing Rocket, the video, for the first time. Mm -hmm. And this was, Herbie Hancock was a sort of star-fading jazz musician at this time. This really revived his career. But I remember the video was so weird and so, and looking at it now, it's very kind of disturbing and odd-looking. But I remember seeing it and just thinking, what in the world am I seeing and hearing right now? Uh, and it's, and it's not like I immediately started, I didn't get into hip hop till probably four or five years after that, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it it blew my mind. I was just, I had never heard anything like it before. It was super cool to be of that generation 
to have seen like a new genre being born before your very eyes. Yeah. Um, apparently that one performance is credited for basically getting a lot of kids into scratching and then eventually turntablism starting in the 90s, which is pretty cool. And also, as a little side note, that was the same Grammys where Michael Jackson carried Emmanuel Lewis around like a baby. <laughs> you actually, if you watch the performance of Rocket, I think at the end, after when everybody's clapping, they cut to them sitting together in the front row. Oh, goodness. It's a, it a was a weird Grammys, dude. <laughs> you got anything else? That means, of course, everybody's short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.